0: great teachers don't just come from the classroom they can be found almost anywhere in your life that's why we Wade and Hope King
1: created this podcast to connect you with the stories the tools and the joy you need to take education to the next level
0: nowadays everyone's an educator
1: whether you chose that career or not
0: and we're all in this together
1: so come on let's do this
0: it's time to get your teach on
1: Another episode of Get Your Teach On. Podcast. I almost said new EDU podcast, but if you are, if you've been listening with us for a while, you know that during this season, we decided to change our name, streamline everything. So, same pod- podcast, new name, same host usually, but today, everybody, you're not hearing a familiar voice that you typically hear on the podcast, and that is my husband Wade's voice. That is because we had this all planned out, ready to go, and then life happens. And so, we have a, um, first of all, we have been in the process of moving just to give you some background information. Last night was our first night in our new house. We also have 10 people coming over today as part of our Get Your Teach On team because we are working on a project this weekend. Stuff is everywhere. Life is crazy. And so in true fashion when life gets crazy kids get crazier and so our two and a half year old is having a massive meltdown upstairs as we speak so I told Wade I said it's your job today tag ear it here we go I'm gonna go have fun with our friend Daniel record a podcast let me know how this turns out so Wade is upstairs um with our with our I call him a teenager. But I am so excited to be here with another episode today with our good friend, Daniel Patterson, who joined us for our last episode focusing specifically on mental health. This is a topic that we want to hit on a lot. We have a lot of different facets and a lot of different ways that we want to go about discussing teacher wellness, mental health, especially as we head back into a, a new school year, a new school season. So help me welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Now, for the second time, Mr. Daniel Patterson himself. Welcome back, Daniel.
0: Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. I am back twice (laughs) in a row. I'm happy to be here. That's
1: right. Now, listen, they should have listened to the previous episode, and if you didn't, I highly recommend that you go back and you listen to the episode. I know that Daniel, you received a lot of feedback, so did I Wade did. and I just about you know the relevancy, the realness, the rawness of what is happening right now in the teaching profession. and so last week, we kind of started having a conversation just about overall teacher wellness, just about an awareness of the expectations that set on us, about being okay, giving yourself permission to A, feel to B, be able to set realistic expectations of yourself, and just kind of how to navigate this another unprecedented year, I guess, if you will. But before we dive in, just in case they didn't listen to that episode, we're not going to hold it against them, but I do want for you just to um, briefly introduce yourself for those that are joining us for the first time.
0: Absolutely. Hello, everyone. I'm Daniel. I run a therapeutic high school in Los Angeles and we focus on congruency between education and whole health, so mental health and recovery. And before that, I was a high school teacher for 10 years and a high school assistant principal for four. So I'm very happy to be here, father of three kids, and it is a wild season for sure.
1: And (laughs) Daniel has An amazing story, and some of which you're going to get to hear about on our podcast and through our podcast, but you've got to check him out on social media, especially his killer dance moves that he has going on, um, (laughs) where he shares all uh, things about yes, teacher wellness, but just mental health and wellness overall. But today, Daniel, I'm so excited about this episode. And I'm kind of really excited that Wade decided not to be here just because I feel like I'm going to have my own therapy session with you just all by myself. But today we are going to talk about something that we have had requested quite a bit. It is a very big, can be very deep topic, but it's all about how we set and establish boundaries. So Daniel, just to kind of dive right in, like what do you think about when, like what is the first thing that starts coming to mind when you think about the word boundaries and the role that it plays in your life specifically? Well,
0: for my life specifically, a little bit about me, you know, I grew up with severe anxiety and depression, which then evolved into addiction and I'm seven years sober. So boundaries for me are really important and they start on the inside and they work their way out. And so I've had to set really healthy and clear boundaries for for myself about um, the people I surround myself with, how I spend my time and energy, and of course, making sure I'm intentional to keep myself well and and in progress. So boundaries is a big buzzword, and it's a super broad term that you can apply to almost any situation. I feel in education, it's typically a little bit polarizing, right? Because boundaries often are attached to the word no. No. And no is a complete sentence, by the way. (laughs) Um, However, you know, in education that you typically want to package it with grace and, you know, authenticity and you don't have to say no to everything, but certainly being intentional with boundaries for me, I, I apply them everywhere.
1: Yeah. You know, for me, I wish that the word boundary was something that I had been taught earlier on that I had learned earlier on, because if I'm being honest, I think that I honestly, the word boundary has come into my vocabulary maybe in the past two years, like if I'm being honest. And the thing, though, that I have learned and why I'm so excited to talk about this today on the episode, the thing that I have learned, though, in the past two years is by setting boundaries I don't get myself in vines because right. what I found before when I wasn't setting boundaries, the thing about boundaries is, boundaries is clear communication, right? That is what boundaries mm-hmm. is all about clear communication. Being voicing your needs, expressing your needs and, you know, things that you are going to set for yourself, parameters that you're going to set for yourself vocally out loud to people so they understand exactly where you stand. Right. And as I look back over, you know, my life in education, my life growing, you know, the Get Your Teach On brand and working with educators – I'm like, I wish I had learned the word boundary earlier on because I would not have gotten myself into a lot of the situations and binds that I had gotten myself into simply because of lack of communication, of setting, you know, here's what you can expect from me. Here is what I'm capable of doing. Here is what I have the capacity to do. I feel like too many times I said yes to things. And when you say yes to something, people, you know, trust and expect that you are going to be able to fulfill that. And then what happens when you can't, because you've said yes to too many things. So I'm really excited to talk about this today.
0: You get over your skis, right? You become a yes, a yes person, a people pleaser. And in education specifically, we are, you know, we're empathic people pleasers. We want to serve. We want to show up. And especially, you know, I was, I was having a conversation with a friend who runs a teacher induction program for Denver in Denver. And, and she and I were dialoguing about our previous podcast. And just the nuance between a veteran teacher's ability and capacity to know their limits and to um, establish their niche in the school and say no, versus a new teacher who's hungry and ready to go and wants to have a good reputation and maintain their job. And so often they will say yes too much, partly out of just pure passion and that eagerness to actually do the job they've been training to do, but also there's a there is a nuance of fear that's important to acknowledge you know, wanting to keep your job and good, good evaluations. So it's tricky. Yeah. Very tricky. I mean, because,
1: you know, you, it's easier said than done, right? You, you can 100%. say yes. it, it's it's easy to preach the message, right? It's easy to uh-huh. preach the message when you're not living their exact situation. And it's easy to say set boundaries and don't worry. you know, put yourself first. And at all, at all means, by all means necessary, take care of yourselves Right. But everybody's living their own story. Everybody's living, you know, they have their own, you know, set of expectations that's put on them, their own situation, their own environment that they're living in. And for everybody, the, you know, I, I feel like the the goals can be the same. The way we approach things can be the same. But the outcome and the way we go about it, how we get from point A to point B, I think looks different for every single person. And I think that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it is okay. And and when we're having a broad conversation, it's important to understand that everyone's hearing it through their own lens, exactly. right? So if you can take away anything from this about how to set boundaries and how to hold boundaries and, and honestly, how to modify them, because as you as you grow, you might take on more, or as you hit a wall, you might need to shed um, some of your obligations. And so it's, a, it's there's fluidity to boundaries. But my, my advice for someone newer to the profession, right, with boundaries is, you know, set them early, right. enthusiastically and unemotionally. And you can go to your administrator or go to your team and, and share your eagerness to contribute, collaborate, be involved, give what you can give, but also, you know, Educate them about what else is going on in your life and and why the limit is maybe two things that I can do instead of taking on five things.
1: Yes. I got to capitalize on something that you just said because it spoke like my spirit, just like I felt it. I was like, what you said was communicate them early and you directly tied that to unemotionally. And here is what has been a lesson for me is that when we don't communicate them early, what happens is we try to live up to everyone's expectation of us, which then exhausts us, which then frustrates us, which then makes us feel guilt. It makes us, all of these emotions are piling on, which ultimately then we get to a place, I get to a place where I'm like, I can't take it anymore. And then emotions get involved and that is when arguments happen. That is when falling outs happen. That is when all of these negative things that we never intended and and are certainly not our heart, not our character, but it's because we didn't set boundaries early enough. And it got to a point in time that we couldn't take one more thing. And so the way in which we react is filled with emotions versus being able to remove that. And I think that is one of the biggest things and one of the biggest, you know, I guess pros of setting those boundaries early on. Right.
0: You know, there's so much um, ambiguity when you're in new in education. And I remember walking into school and having really no idea what was going on. You know, I had a curricular map and I I knew when I started and I knew when I stopped, but short of that, I didn't understand the ecosystem of the school. My principal and I, Evans Rutledge, he was the most amazing administrator. I remember him calling me into my his office and just talking, getting to know me, and just asking me like, "How do you want to get involved? Where do you want to get involved?" And what he said to me is that there's something for everyone here, but don't feel like you have to do everything here. Now, if only every administrator could be like that, right? <laughs> right. But there's no but there's no harm. I feel like sometimes we operate, and and now I am an administrator, mm-hmm. right? And I would consider myself approachable. So I think for every example of an administrator that isn't in tune with, with their staff, I would, I would counter that with there's amazing administrators that are very in tune, Mm -hmm. but they're also running a school and there's also hundreds of teachers. So you have that courageous conversation, Yeah, you know, be brave, be bold, be confident and, you know, not aggressive, but you can certainly go in and just get to know them and establish some boundaries through, Casual conversation. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we kind of started this conversation by talking about new teachers. But honestly, this is new teachers. This is new roles. This is new schools. This is a new grade level. You know, just because anytime you're doing something new... You always feel as though you have to, you're going in there and, oh my goodness, I only have a certain amount of time to to, to establish my reputation. And the way that I right. do that is to say yes to everything. But what we right. end up doing is giving one, everyone a false idea of what we're capable of. And then what happens, and that's why I love that you really emphasized, set those boundaries early on. It is not, it is not say, it, actually, I think it speaks to your character when you are able to sit down and say okay i'm new here or we're new here or we're all in this new project together let's all sit down and have a a direct a specific and open conversation about our needs about what we're capable of doing about what we have the capacity to do because what what that does is it sets very clear limits it sets very clear lines and then when people cross those lines you're able to say Whoa, whoa, whoa! let's have a conversation. Remember when we discussed. And that gives you some foundation versus what happens if you go in there and you say yes to everything, people are just going to assume that you have the capacity to do that. They're not going right. to they're not going to think that you're superhuman. They're not going to they're just going to assume right. that that's what you have the capacity to do. So be very careful when you are in a new situation whether it be you're a new teacher, you're in a new school, you're in a new position of feeling as though your reputation directly has to be associated with yes because honestly, those are the people that I'm kind of like now that I now that I'm later in the game ding now early on, yeah. you know, I felt a little bit differently, but now I'm like how long is this gonna last? I'm kind of questioning how long they're gonna be able to keep it up. Versus, I so appreciate and respect people's honesty. I talk all the time. I, I can't, I've probably said it 10 times on this episode, but Lanisha Tab is somebody that I respect right. <laughs> so I just gonna bring this incredibly on. much. Because listen, she first of all, let's go ahead. If you don't know Lanisha Tab, she's one of the most phenomenal educators that I know. Okay. Effective. The way that she implements things, she's in, she she's innovative, like you name it, and she fits that category. But let me tell you what she also does. She says no better than anyone that I know, right? And I respect her on a completely different level because of her honesty. And because I know when she says yes to something, she's going to be 100% in versus saying yes to everything and giving a much smaller percentage.
0: I, I literally think about her speech at Get Your Teach on Nationals wow. all the time. Right? When she's, oh, yeah. And I just remember she said, it, and then she breathes through her teeth. You go, go that's not in my self care plan right. this year. That's right. Like that was, I thought that was just, So important. So well said. And now, honestly, when I think about saying no, and I'm, you know, I'm good at saying no, I always think about her. And, and to your point, when you say yes to everything, um, you become overextended. You there, there's no real expectation that you should have personally that you will fulfill that to the best of your ability. And, you know, sometimes you go slow to go far. You, you be good at a few things, get really dialed in in a few areas. And rather than I know you want to experience new things when you move to a new school or a new position. I remember when I became a, from a teacher to the student council director, there were so many ideas I wanted to do. And I felt this immense sense of pressure to have to do them all at once. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like I got to get it all done now. Yep. And, and no, I don't. I can drip them in, roll them out, grow it.
1: Yep. So number one, Set them early, which sets you up to be able to set them unemotionally. Wait, you, you said three things though. You said set them early, right? And then you said unemotionally. Set, set them unemotionally. Was there something else, or was it those just those two things? I, I swore there was three.
0: I, I swear there were three too. But rewind, um, people. Rewind. Have, go back. We'll and have write to ask. <laughs> chase to to go down. I'm just freestyling
1: here. so I, I love a good freestyle conversation. That's when you know it's real. So, but again, early, unemotionally, those two things go hand in hand. So I think that is where the starting place begins. I want to talk about something and I want to hear your perspective on this because this is where I struggle. And honestly, I haven't figured it out. Now I've learned okay. that setting boundaries early, like you said, is a key component Mm -hmm. of this, but just because I know certain techniques that help, it doesn't mean that we have it all figured out. And then this is where I struggle the most. So we all wear many different hats, right? Like, I mean, just for me personally, Mm -hmm. I wear the hat of educator, I wear the hat of mom, I wear the hat of sister, of daughter, of friend, of business leader, of team leader, of, I I could go on and on and on. And how do we set boundaries for ourselves, I think that we then communicate to others. When it comes to, first of all, we wear so many different hats. But let's just take one of those hats for instance. Get your teach on, right? So right. obviously, I co-founded Get Your Teach On. I am the leader of Get Your Teach On, and with that, first of all, so honored to even be able to sit in that chair and wear that hat. But with that, especially when you're talking about you know teams and leading teams or having you know people that 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 you are. Setting and establishing their roles and monitoring that. I struggle with, you know, first of all, within that specific hat that I wear, right? right. I am a presenter, um, but we have presenters. So obviously, I want for my presenters to feel seen, valued, appreciated like no other, right? I want for my team to feel seen, valued, appreciated. Then when we have these conferences, we have. For National Conference, Daniel, we have like, what, over 100 Magic Squad squad volunteers who are educators from all across the nation that come, they give their time to serve other educators. I want for them to feel seen, valued, appreciated, loved on. I want for our attendees, you know, I love being able to meet them, to be able to have conversations with them, to be able to talk to them about their teaching journey. I want for them to feel seen, valued, appreciated, loved on. How do we set boundaries in those types of scenarios where you feel like everyone is is expecting the best of you and is expecting, you know, you to to see them, to value them, to appreciate them? That to me becomes very overwhelming because it's like how how do we begin establishing boundaries In those types of situations, you know, whether it's at school, when we have students expecting things of us and parents expecting things and colleagues, like when we have so many people expecting things of us, because I feel a tremendous amount of guilt when I feel as though I don't live up to their their expectations.
0: That is a packed question. And you certainly have a much bigger platform than I do. And I feel you have more eyes on you depending on you, you know, to to almost, I'm not going to say carry them emotionally, but keep them inspired, uplifted, innovative, etc. This is, this is a side that I'm just going to give you a nugget of what I do. So I am very much an open book, right? So if you go to my TikTok, for example, it's all about my depression, my anxiety, my recovery. I mean, I'm literally just giving it away. There's nothing I won't say. I'll talk, talk about the medicine I give. I, I take, you know, all my, all of it, but you know, I'm not, I don't do micro coaching in the DMs. Right. And I don't, I, I, I get emails from people and I, I respectfully reply to them. And I'm so gracious that, you know, I'm so thankful you reached out to me. Unfortunately, like here are some resources you might want to consider, if that makes sense. So a way that I'm trying to serve others is, is be hundred percent authentic. And, and that's my choice. A lot of people, I'm not saying you have to advertise everything, but for me to inspire people to deal with mental health or depression, anxiety, addiction, for me, the best way, especially as a male, is to be open and honest about it and give it, give it, give it. And it resonates with people. That being said, I, I you know, so that's a way that I, that I'm compartmentalizing it because I, I'm not a therapist, you know, I, I, I'm a director of a clinical school and I have been in therapy for 20 plus years, et cetera. So I, I give of myself to try to inspire people and give them tools and keep them inspired but i also have given myself permission to not feel like i need to to do a private coaching session with every dm i acknowledge them and i thank them and i wish them well but i it's unrealistic for me to do that right
1: yeah and i think that you know again i I, I don't have this all figured out. Trust me, I wish that I did. And I wish I had all the answers because I know that so many people feel this way. Like how, how do you live up to the expectations that others have of you? But I think that honestly, you know, what I've learned as, as I because you know, I'm a big proponent and advocate for therapy. I think it's an amazing thing. And this is a very hot topic that I talk to my therapist about frequently because it is it's something that I struggle with all the time because I want to be, Everything that everybody wants or needs, but that is setting myself up for failure, which is probably one of the reasons that I struggle with anxiety, right? Because I'm constantly thinking into the future of what is everybody going to need from me? How can, how can I help them? How can I, give in, how can I pour into others, right? right? Which leaves very little for me. And so it's something that I talk to my therapist about often. And so if you are very similar in the fact that you are constantly struggling with being everything that everybody wants you to be, it goes back to Daniel. I know you say you're not a therapist, but I kind of think you are um, because you're spot on with what we had just talked about, right? In my therapy sessions, my therapist always says, communicate first clearly what people can expect from you. You right. don't don't allow them to create their own expectations. You create what their expectations should be of you. And he said, the only way that you can do that is by clearly communicating your boundaries. So he said, you know, when, when you're bringing someone new on the team or when you have a new team member or you have a new presenter or you have a new magic or whatever it may be, he said, the best thing that you can do is when you're welcoming welcoming them onto the team, you let them know what they can expect from you. But in that same note, you let them tell you what you can expect from them. And then you're setting these parameters for, for open communication, clear communication of what the expectations can be. And I just thought that was so powerful when he said, don't allow others to create their expectations of you. You create what their expectations can be for you. Absolutely.
0: If you don't control the narrative, the narrative controls you. Bingo. And when... You know, I think there's so much uh, fear of you know confrontation, and I think there's such a difference between confrontation and communication. Confrontation is a byproduct of no communication or poor communication. So Mm -hmm. when I think of all the rolodex of conflict I've had, which has been, you know, quite sexy at times, you know, I've gotten myself (laughs) into a few predicaments. It was always like compounding interest of, you know, not communicating my feelings, not setting expectations clearly, or me wanting too much from other people, right? Like me becoming codependent. On other people were so, you know, wanting validation and feeling overwhelmed that it wasn't fair. I was like putting too much on them. So it's not just like, Oh, people come at me. And I'm like, no, no, I found myself in situations where I've had to take a step back or I've had somebody say, look, I'm down to help you. I really like you. I appreciate you, but I don't have time. And, and then my feelings were hurt. Right. But, but I understand because There wasn't upfront communication, which then led to conflict or disappointment or, you know, feeling of betrayal, even though it really wasn't.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that when you begin setting boundaries for yourself, that that opens doors for you to be able to help others establish and set boundaries for themselves as well, right? For like when you see people who, Chase is a great example of this, and he's sitting right beside me, and he's probably was thinking she's going to talk about me at some point in this episode. <laughs> he is such a yes person, and and we've always appreciated that and valued that so much with him. But, you know, when you are in certain relationships and you understand the value that boundaries have, you can then say to people, you know, no, you don't need to do this. You don't need to take this on. You don't need to have this responsibility. You know, even though you might want to, even though we, you know, you start recognizing other people's capacity and having and setting realistic expectations for others around you, which I think is, is part of a healthy community, right? You don't want to have a community where you're like, okay, I'm going to set boundaries for myself, but I'm going to expect the world out of everyone else. And I think that's what you're talking about right now is, you know, recognizing when you expect too much much of one another. And when you're talking about, you know, community is such an important piece just of mental health and wellness, right? Right. But um, making sure that it's a give and take, that it goes both ways.
0: Right. I, Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to look at it. And you, you know, companies and organizations and schools have organizational charts, right? If you think about it and try setting one up for your life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it can feel really overwhelming when you you have different facets, different buckets that you need to keep filled, right? So for me, uh, my job as a principal, um, as a speaker, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, and then time for my own self care, which is really, really, I would say high stakes in the long yeah. term for me. And where where am I getting? Where am I investing too much? And where am I not putting in enough? And working i work a lot right um, building a company over the last 6 years and writing two books and traveling and having three kids there was a there was a time when i was you know working too much very like way too much and same. and i and i hear kids i work with teenagers and and oftentimes they'll tell i'm going to give an example of two teenagers with the same scenario they both have parents that travel for work and who are gone a lot student 1 never quite knows when their parents are coming or going They don't have like a set like parent date or parent check-in time with that parent. And they, when they talk to me, they're like, my parents are never home. They're always gone. Student two, parents travel just as much, right? They're gone. They're equally busy. And that child knows that that child will say that my parents travel, but they feel connected. Why? Because they have like a scheduled, reliable, predictable time point of connection. And so Even if you can't, it's impossible for us to expect you to give the same amount of percentage to the different parts of your life. But whatever you're going to give, make it scheduled, reliable, structured to the best of your ability, even if that's only 5% of your time. That 5% of your time is very meaningful to the people who are receiving it if you give 100% of yourself during that 5% of your time.
1: That is powerful. And, you know, I, you and I both reached out to people on social media and let them know that this was going to be our topic of conversation today and what questions did they have or what tips are, or what are they struggling with? It's not even so much about questions. Like, let's just right. hear your story. Like, what is your story? What are you struggling with? And one person specifically said, how do I allow each member of my family to Feel seen, to feel valued, to feel appreciated, loved. And I think you just hit it. It's about saying, I can't give you, you know, it's not about the the quantity of time. It's right. about the quality of time. And I think that so much of that is is being present. You know, what you just discussed and, and the, the scenario that you just gave is about being present. And even if it's a short amount of time, even if I can only talk to, you know, let me just give this example, which I talk to my mom a hundred times a day, but even if I can only talk to you know my a, a family member, my mom, one time a day, I'm gonna make sure that at that time, whenever that time is, that I'm not trying to multitask. I'm not right. trying to clean the house while I'm talking. I'm not trying to take care of Maverick while I'm talking. I'm not trying to work on a project while I'm talking. Right. Because then I'm probably not actually even hearing what it is that she's saying, and people know. People oh, yeah. know when you're listening, when you're present, and when you're multitasking. And, you know, (laughs) I think that for so long as educators, as moms, as whatever our role is, we're like, oh, I'm a great multitasker. I don't really think that's a compliment because I think multitasker is saying, but I'm never present in one specific moment. I'm never giving one thing my undivided attention. And the people that we care about deserve our undivided attention. And, you know, that's one thing that I've had to be intentional about is, you know, especially with Maverick, especially with, you know, Being a working mom, and which, by the way, praise the Lord that I'm a working mom, because Daniel, I have been with Maverick for, I mean, now we traveled some, but we've kind of been on summer, right? And so he hasn't Mm -hmm. been at school. And I'm like, somebody send this child back to school, please. I am not made, it is not in my DNA to be a stay-at-home mom. That is not how I function best. I love my son. I show up well for him when I'm able to get away from him some. That's beside the point. But when when he is in school and, you know, he comes home every day at, you know, between 3.30 and 4, I try to be very intentional about my time with him. And that means putting my phone to the side. Another person that I look up to so much, Amelia Capitosta, you know, she's one of our Get Your Teach On presenters, amazing educator. Let me tell you. I know when I text her, I'm not going to hear back from her because she has hours set aside where she sets that phone down and she does not pick it up. That is her family time. That is her time that she is present in the moment. I'll hear back from her at like 12 12 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, typical Amelia, because that's when she picks her phone up to actually, you know, get. she's a night owl. And so, you know, I think that that's how we make people feel special is it's not about the quality or the quantity of time that we can Mm -hmm. give them. It's about the quality and being present and, and setting aside time that's intentionally for them. People respect that and people appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. And during during the pandemic, March, April of 2020, when we had all three kids at home, was really struggling with working, my, my wife and I both working with three kids at home, and so actually reached out to a parenting coach, you know, who specializes in littles, and he was he he was t- calls it like a fifteen minute trick. He's like, all you need what you need to do is you need to give them when they're you know coming in they're they're in your space and instead of just pushing them away, pushing them away, you give them fifteen minutes of complete undivided attention. Leave your phone, go play basketball, but play soccer because that fifteen minutes of undivided attention is the same value of like two or three hours of distracted interaction.
1: oh, that's good.
0: And so, even with three kids and working, so now my kids luckily have different needs of when they kind of want me to show up for them. So, Ro, my middle, you know, she in the morning really needs me. And then Silas, who's the youngest, in, in the afternoons, we play tennis or basketball in the backyard. And then my oldest, it's always at the end of the day, like a a tuck in and we read and we talk, right? So there's different ways. And and, and these are like 15, 20 minute increments of time. I'm not saying I ignore my kids, but I'm saying I'm giving them individual full attention in those moments. And that helps me stay connected. And it also helps them stay connected.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that, all humans function the same way. Like you think about your spouse, right? I mean, Wade and I know that we cannot spend every waking minute together, that we have (laughs) a million things on our plate. I mean, we know this, but, you know, we are intentional about setting aside time. And it doesn't have to be, like you just said, it can be 15 minutes. It can be, heck, as parents, you'll take 10 minutes. Like you'll take what you can get, you know? But if it's only 10 minutes that I'm going to get, okay, We're not going to turn on the TV. We're not going to have our, like, let's, let's engage in conversation. Let's engage with one another versus, you know, being so caught up in so many different things that, you know, cause Wade knows better than to talk to me. Like if he knows I can't multitask, if I'm on my phone, Wade has had full on conversations with me and I have sat and agreed, And I guess I've responded. He swears I've responded to him and he will Uh. bring up these conversations later. And I'm like, I didn't say yes to that. He's like, hope you said, I'm like, don't engage with me when I'm on my phone. But I think that is perfect example, you know, of what is that intentionality behind the time that you're investing actually look like? So that is, that's powerful stuff on just, you know, how to set boundaries and and how to set realistic expectations, which is really the foundation of your boundaries. Mm -hmm. Once you have your expectations of yourself and what you're capable of doing, that is when you can clearly communicate your boundaries. But it takes you stopping and saying, what am I capable of? to then be able to communicate clearly. So I think that's a huge part of it is saying, what do I have the time to be able to do? So the final thing that I wanna talk about, because we've talked about, in new roles, we've talked about how to set set boundaries early on, how to communicate them, you know, unemotionally. We've talked about wearing hats and other expectations of us, and and how we need to set those expectations. We need to control the narrative. That's a huge part of setting and establishing boundaries. How do we set and establish boundaries for ourselves, and w- and what does that look like, and what role does that play?
0: I, I think that is the most critical part of the equation. It needs to come from the inside out first. Allowing yourself and mandating yourself to respect other people's boundaries, right? So, you know, what you focus on, you get more of. So yep. if, you're go- if you're going to be a, a boundary bulldozer if, to others, then- oh, that's
1: good. Y- y- Wait, you, that's should-
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> you should create bull-
1: a t-shirt for that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Then, Then you can expect the universe is going to give that right back to you. Again, time, uh, you know, capturing time. This goes back to capturing time for me. Some of the boundaries that I have to set for myself is I know that I need time alone. Mm -hmm. So I get up really early. I get up at like 5 a.m., right? So that I can have coffee and I can sit in this chair. I always sit in complete silence. I need that time and I make that time and I'm tired, but I'm going to do it when I can because I know that it sets the tone for the day. So we think setting boundaries for ourselves, I would also say like what maladaptive coping skills. How are, let's say you have 30 minutes, 40 minutes of downtime at the end of your day, at the end of your night, how are you using that time? And I'm not, you know, shaming anybody. If, if TikTok is your thing, like last night I was just on TikTok just forever. Right. And that was how I decided to. <laughs> we won't wind. make you check
1: your screen time hours. Dan. Oh, we make it would be <laughs>
0: yesterday would be off the charts. Okay. And that's a choice but you know my choice also used to be after work and and being everything to everyone and and was drinking and that was a coping skill that i employed that i've since replaced with taking a walk you know at like ar- around 8 p.m. i'll take a 45 minute walk around the neighborhood not to you know like speed walk or anything you know just to settle down and, and have yeah. some time to reflect. So I think setting boundaries for yourself starts with respecting those of others yep. and understanding that you control what you can control. So, you know, if you only have five minutes, then maybe be intentional and download the calm app. It's free and do a five minute meditation and see how it feels. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, for me, you know, obviously struggling with anxiety mm-hmm. um, and recently and, you know, since, the pandemic hit, really facing depression for the first time. And so for me, one of my biggest things in Wade, you know, you got to have that accountability partner that calls you out. But for me, just scrolling, mindlessly scrolling social media, I find myself hours at night, and then I'm exhausted during the day. And, you know, part of that is recognizing oftentimes that have habits that are controlling us that we don't even recognize. But like you said, finding some way, a healthy way to replace the things that we struggle with. And so, you know, obviously, I don't like you said, it's a choice. I don't need yeah. to be scrolling social media hours on hours endless right. at night. Um, so how can I replace that? and what can I what can I fuel myself with that looks different? And so I think that, you know, setting boundaries for myself when I get to, when it, when I get in bed at night, I allow myself, you know ten minutes to look at my phone and then after ten minutes, it's plugged in and it is plugged into where I can't even access it. I can't even yeah. reach it because you know if it's if it's within my reach, what is my habit? I'm going to reach for that without even thinking about it, you know? That's a
0: pro tip. I have to charge my phone on the floor across from my room because my hands will be like, yeah, come to me.
1: Same. Busy mind, busy hands. I mean, you know, that's just part of it. And so, you know, I, I think that it's recognizing, like you said, What are the things that we need to set and establish boundaries for ourselves, and then putting things into place to make sure that we are holding ourselves or able to hold ourselves accountable um, to the best of our abilities? Because boundaries, personal boundaries are, like you said, the foundation of then being able to set and establish outside boundaries, you know, in Mm -hmm. other relationships and other other roles that we play, which is which is definitely critical. So and with and
0: and on the on the topic of depression, I know we need to wrap up here, but just, um, you know, my depression has been exceedingly challenging in the last 18 months, you know, um, to the point where I hadn't been on medication for three or four years and I went back on it and I'm constantly adjusting my meds and, you know, learning to be patient with myself because on paper I have no unmet needs. And so there's no reason I should feel depressed. Right. And if I get into that thought loop, I'll then that again. Then I will e- seek external, you know, dopamine and like uh, TikTok or Instagram or or whatever, or even do, like get into like that negative space where then I start like picking apart people or gossiping, right? Like or I'm
1: overworking, or the list can literally go on.
0: Yeah. So just you know, I've had to learn to be really, really patient with myself, and you know, even earlier this week, I took a day off and I just watched U S open tennis yeah, and, and was on the couch. And I've just had to give my, myself permission to do it because in that, in that spirit, like that's what I needed. And old me, the boundary would have been like, get up, don't do it. Don't, you know, so it's kind of like learn to right. rest, not quit.
1: Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That that's extremely powerful. And you're so right. And I'm not great with patience. Like I, I'm just not. I'm not great with patience and others. I am. A, I, I work fast. I, I like for things to be. I'm a very like type A person. I like. For the, I don't like for my time to be wasted. That's just who I've always been. But in this season specifically, I have learned the the value and the payoff of patience and being like you said. That's. I feel like me being able to give other people my patience is by me learning to give myself my patience first and the way that I treat myself. Mm-hmm. And being patient is so important. You know, and and when we're talking about boundaries, when we're talking about setting and establishing boundaries, you know, there is no perfect solution. There is no, no. one right answer. This is a constant reflective state that we have to be in? Have I set and established boundaries? Have I followed through with those? Have I held myself and others accountable to those? It's a constant growth pattern, right? And there's always ways that we can grow and do better at this. And so, you know, I think that for anyone, it's the first step. And it's Mm -hmm. setting one step and it's setting boundaries in one area of your life. And then, like you said, being patient to see the payoff. And then, you know, once you have that established, letting that bleed out into other areas, but by saying, you know, listening to this podcast episode and and saying, I need boundaries. And then you go and try to set boundaries. You're going to forget what boundaries you even set. And then you have too many boundaries out there, right? So I think it's, you know, again, being realistic with what boundaries you want to set and then being able to follow through with those because that's where you're going to see the payoff and the growth
0: yeah the, the fortune is in the follow through and John Wooden basketball coach always said um, one of his sayings I love is be careful how many rules you set because oh, you have that to enforce is good. them yes and that's the same with boundaries so you don't need to be a boundary beast and take this podcast and be like listen everyone that knew new, new me right you could just do a do slow <laughs> new a day sl- new me <laughs> yeah new day new me uh, like, <laughs> boundary police pull over no, just with awareness comes responsibility. So, That's if right. if in your heart you know um, you need to set a boundary somewhere, make a slight adjustment that is attainable, yeah. and let that inertia, that momentum evolve into organic growth in other ways.
1: That's great. You know, Daniel, I think that you need to either write a book or have a journal, because you've got Boundary Beast, you've got Boundary Bulldozer. I feel as though you can keep going with this. Like this is something, you are onto something, and you heard it here first, people, so there it is.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, I I love talking about this. I love speaking with you. I'm so appreciative of your ability to use vulnerability of your own story as a tool to help others. And I feel very blessed that we connected.
1: Well, I learned that from you, Dan, that that you have played a huge role in that because, you know, we have spoken about just the inspiration that you provided us with, with, you know, just being raw, being real, putting it out there. And and part of, you know, my ability to be able to even set some boundaries has been by seeing you lead by example and you know just I, I respect you on so many different levels but most certainly on the level that you know you just you, you create an a space for people to number one feel safe and number two recognize that they can show up authentically and i think that there is so much power in that and that has been such a huge part of who get your teach ons become as well you know a space a place for people to show up authentically and Get Your Teach On has always been a joyful place, like I'm not going to lie. We I mean, you know, you've been around. You've been to yeah. several Get Your Teach Ons and it's always been a joyful place, but I actually talked about this on social media the other night, this last conference that we had. And 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 I'm sure that a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was coming off of a pandemic and teachers being reunited. Like I'm not I'm not putting that to the side, but the joy the the joy of that conference was something that I've never experienced and I feel as though the main cause of that joy was that our team, and I'm not speaking about myself, like I, I want to make it clear, I'm t- talking about our team, you, our presenters, like everyone involved, created a space where people knew it was 100% acceptable, it was 100% welcome to show up authentically in whatever you're feeling in that moment. And from that and from that safe space, authentic joy began to happen. And it was just such a beautiful thing to see. And that is what I love about authenticity. You can show up authentically being depressed. You can show up authentically struggling with anxiety. You can show up authentically struggling with all of these big feelings that a lot of people would see as negative emotions. And even in those big feelings, what we saw at Get Your Teach On is there is an incredible amount of joy, that joy right. can still be a part of those feelings. Much different than happiness, right? Much different. Right. You don't have to be happy to experience joy. And so, right. um, so you know, just being able to see that this summer and, and you being such a huge part of that has been, you know, just something that has really created a foundation for me moving forward. So thank you for that. Well, we are gonna wrap it up for today's episode. Daniel, once again, thank you for for showing up, for giving us, you know, so much wisdom in the work that you have done because you research, you study, you you do this work, you live this work every single day. And so um, we're just so grateful that you share your bits and wisdom and allow me to just to kind of blabber on and and talk my way through my problems. So thank you for that. If nothing else, I hope that other people learn through my problems. But thank you for tuning in and we hope that, you know, that this platform, this this podcast podcast becomes a safe space for you, a safe space that even if you don't feel as though you can talk to others in your community, that you can show up raw, you can show up real, you can show up authentic, and you can recognize that what you're feeling, you are certainly not alone on the journey. So we hope that you continue prioritizing yourself, finding ways to set and establish boundaries. And again, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, episode, I'll get it out at some point of Get Your Teach On um, with Daniel, make sure you tune into that because again, Setting these priorities, yourself as a priority, setting and establishing these boundaries early on is gonna be huge payoff for us this year as we create education to be a sustainable profession for us moving forward. So we hope that you guys have an amazing week, everybody. And we will see you next week for another episode of Get Your Teach On. Bye, everybody.
0: Get Your Teach On is hosted by me, Wade King.
1: And me, Hope King.
0: Cameron Berkman is our executive producer
1: and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. The Get Your Teach On podcast is a 3% chance production.